The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk. Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up today. Berating the Baron, we ask why the rewilding of Dunsany Castle has both amazed and angered locals. Want to put more feeling into your ceiling? We get inspiration from one of the country's top designers. And Roisin Murphy and I go on a road trip for the first ever home show road show. And you'll never guess where we end up. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here on The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. And remember, you can listen back or listen live to the show at any time and our podcasts on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Now, there was a lot of confusion during the week about what constitutes an outdoor event, how many are allowed and whether politicians are in a different class to the rest of us. But one thing is certain. And that's that electric picnic is not going ahead this year. It's a huge disappointment to the 70,000 ticket holders, not to mention the organisers and the thousands who were expecting to play gigs or work there. But it got me a bit nostalgic again for concerts, not for the first time during this lockdown. I have been to EP once and it was absolutely amazing, except for the whole living in a tent bit, which I don't really want to repeat. But my absolute favourite outdoor gig remains my very first one. And that was Queen at Slane in 1986. Yes, I am that old, folks. It rained. I was very naive. I got completely drenched, mucky, spent too much. But as memories go, it was priceless. Freddie Mercury died, I think, around five years after that. So I'm so happy to have got to see him live. I've seen loads of other accents, but but honestly, it was definitely the best. So here's my question for you. If EP could go ahead with just one act, what would be your all-time favourite I'd love to know text me here in 53106 uh, give me some info on that and uh, maybe the organisers for next year will be able to listen to you but for now you are very welcome along this morning to The Home Show Rewilding is something we've covered on The Home Show several times over the last year But less than a decade ago, it was an unknown concept, yet my first guest had already given over 750 acres of highly profitable land to what was seen as an unorthodox gamble, and not without its critics, it has to be said. So to explain all, I'm joined by naturalist and filmmaker, the Baron of Dunsany, Randall Plunkett. Good morning. You're very welcome along to The Home Show. Just Randall, please. Now, yes, because I was going to ask, you're properly addressed, I believe, as Lord Dunsany, but you're okay with Randall this morning. People call me that, but this is a republic, so I just go by Randall, you know. Occasionally something worse. Tell me a little bit about your heritage, Randall. So we're the oldest uh, family in Ireland still associated with one place. We came in uh, with the Normans, so about 900 years we've been here. I am currently the caretaker for Dunsany Estate, commonly known nowadays as Dunsany Nature Reserve. And uh, it's very much that. I'm a caretaker. So every generation has to, you know, combat the problems of their time. And our problem right at the moment is the environment. So I'm trying to do my bit for Ireland and for my people. And do you live in the castle? I do live in the castle, although sometimes it's so cold I wonder if I'm living outside the castle. Why is that? Oh, old houses. You can never plug every <laughs> hole. There's so much draft. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So it's probably a lot of maintenance and upkeep involved. I never get sick, though. So the, the fact of the matter is it's, it's great. It hardens you. 
Okay, all right. The outdoor living indoors. Uh, Now, uh, talk to me about this rewilding project. Why did you decide to embrace it in such a way and what was it that you did? So at the, at the time, the rewilding wasn't really on my radar in terms of as a buzzword. It was something that um, came later. In fact, I, I didn't even hear the term rewilding for a few years after I started. What concerned me a little bit is is obviously I'm very privileged to have been born and to be able to take over a place like Dunsany that has so much history and natural heritage as well. And I was watching the area and I was looking at development. I was thinking how wonderful it is to live in Ireland and it's changing and diversifying. But something scared me a little bit, which was the amount of destruction we were doing of the environment. And my old father and I would speak and he used to tell me stories of all the wonderful things that there used to be at Dunsany. And I asked him one day, why aren't they there anymore? And he said, that's just the development. That's just the future. And I didn't think that was good enough. So, and I was watching the governments and the climate change was already rearing its head and people were talking about it. And I thought to myself, like, nobody's doing anything. And there's a lot of talking and good intentions, but good intentions uh, don't build cities. So I decided that I was just going to do something about it because if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Mm. The only difference is I wasn't going to talk to anybody about it. I was just going to do it. Um, So I did it. And for the first five or six years, it was very much a secret. People just thought I was a lunatic destroying my land. But uh, I saw in that time more and more things coming back, plants I'd never seen before, animals. I would, I would wake up in the morning to sounds I'd never heard before and see things. That, and, and bear in mind that I'm an ignorant filmmaker. What do I know about, about, about animals, about nature? And I was just seeing it open up in front of me. It was a very life-changing experience. And I knew I was right and I had to do more. Now, it wasn't without, as I said earlier, its critics. And, you know, it is your land and presumably you can do whatever you like with it. And you're obviously very passionate about this project. You got rid of all the livestock, um, changed it from being a working farm, presumably, um, for the most part. What was the response locally to that? So I should say um, it's still a working farm in the sense that we still have uh, about a thousand acres that are farmed. So and then, in fact... That's what pays for the rewilding because there's been no there's no monetization of, of rewilding. There's there's no in fact, quite the opposite. I, I sort of felt that money often can ruin these things, or will I say it it changes the focus of certain things. Now, my project was quite radical and it was about in the environmental protection only. Mm. Um so I wasn't willing to compromise and to to satisfy should we say, expectations. I knew what I was doing was important and I needed it needed to be done in the most extreme way for the most extreme reaction. Um, so going back to your original question, the critics, yes, no, at first there was a lot of people telling me that I didn't know what I was doing. And to be perfectly fair, they had quite a lot of justification. I had no idea what I was doing, but I had a feeling and a bit of instinct and that kind of led me to continue and to ignore everyone. There was, of course, uh, a change of... You know, we, in the past, we had a lot of problems with poaching and hunting and things like that. Uh, all of that had to be combated and was not easy. And should we say some people's feathers got a little bit riled when I started appearing in, in front of poachers and, and uh, yeah, calling the guards Yeah, it was more than on. that, though, Randall. I mean, from what I've read, it, it got quite serious at one stage. It got a little bit serious, yeah. No, to be honest with you, there has been threats, there has been... You know, we, we were having such a, I mean, a lot of problems. And these people sometimes are holding guns. 
And bear in mind, if you go and, and you know, uh, Slane Castle had a had a, um, a groundskeeper who was shot yes. approaching poachers. So I'm well aware of the risks, but uh, there's no risk, there's no reward without risk. And, and to be honest, this is far more important. Uh, this is not just for me. This is not just for my family. This is for the country. This is for our world. I mean, we, we have to make changes today. We should have done it 30 years ago. But nobody, um, there's, nothing, there's no benefit to spilt milk other than the fact we got to move forward. Um, and we can't wait. And this thing is too important. Like, I've been given an, an opportunity here to do something that's, that's really needed in this country. And, you know, it's governments change mm. every four years. You know, that's, there's no consistency there. But the people don't. We need to change ourselves. Now, in terms of the government, I know that you said, um, you know, you're not monetizing this because it, it can't be so. Um, in terms of government supports, have you sought funding for any of this? Did you get it? Or do you feel that that would just make you tick too many boxes? Well, it's not without trying, because don't get me wrong, running an estate, uh, trying to, you know, we all have a mortgage, let's just say that. Mm. Um, and it's obviously, I, w- I would jump if I could get something. But I've been attempting to see what was available because the biggest problem outside my own personal issues is I've become somewhat of an influencer. People want to do rewilding. It's becoming a concept that people want to experiment with. And it's just one tool in, a, in, a, in an array of tools that we can use against climate change. A lot of people want to do it, but they ask me, look, how can I afford to do it? Mm. And I have to turn to them and say, you know what, you can't because yeah. there's no money. Yeah. I did a little bit of inquiry to see if there could be anything for the 500 acres of woodlands I have. And they said to me they would give me a grant to cut them down, which for me is wow. quite uh, distasteful. Now, you know, but then again, trying to talk to, uh, trying to find things out. Nobody seems to know anything. Yeah. And then there's nothing off the shelf. Um, you know, 750 acres, it's, it's the biggest privately owned nature reserve. And I'm trying. I, and look, even if they never give me anything, I'm still going to do it. It's not. I've never been about the money with me. Yeah. Um, but how do I say it to other estate owners? And that's the problem. I am speaking with uh, the Baron of Dunsany, Randall Plunkett. Listeners will have detected an American accent before now. And uh, I'm just wondering what what it was like growing up with the was it the pressure or the anticipation of what was to come for you? Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, I mean, the the accent, unfortunately, has never rubbed off. Um, I've, I've studied all over the world, so unfortunately, this is as good as it gets. It uh, In Switzerland, nobody could understand my accent. Nobody knew what the crack was. They thought I was trying to sell them drugs. <laughs> so I had to adjust my, my, my accent, if you like, when I was there. But um, I digress. Um, going back to your to your question. Uh, yeah, no, there was... The, the, the problem is, look, I wanted to be an, uh, a filmmaker. Filmmaker means Hollywood means you know travel so being a custodian of a place like Dunsany which is a basically a stone baby that will never grow up um there has to be constant work constant and that's a huge it's a it's a job of its Mm. own Mm. and trying to balance a most complicated career like the film industry Mm. with that is very very difficult so I know that you lost your mother to COVID and I'm I'm sorry about that what was her reaction to your rewilding project? Well, look, when I first started it, um, I mean, first I should point out that that the nature side of the Dunsanies has always been there. We, my, my entire, I can't claim that I'm the first one because my whole family has been planting trees. I mean, we have 300-year-old oaks on the estate that were planted. So there's always been an emphasis on preservation. Um, but I think my father planted a lot of trees and I think 
My mother, although we took a pay cut because we lost 20 to 25% of our income mm. in an estate like that, I mean, that's quite a quite a, a kick in the teeth. And to be honest, to do it for a blind idea, I suppose, did make her very worried. But at the same time, she saw what I saw and she saw things coming back. And in the end, she became my best supporter okay. because the truth is, as difficult as, and we had to make some financial decisions that were very difficult. And they were, you know, like I said, everybody's got a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was very difficult for her, but she supported me through and through like a good parent does. As extreme as I was. <laughs> All right. Well, now, um, what you are doing now is film, of course, and, and you're a filmmaker. And uh, you have a new movie out uh, called The Green Sea, which was released uh, this summer. So talk to me a little bit about that. So it's a, uh, it's a film about a writer from America, uh, played by Catherine Isabel, who you might know from Ginger Snaps and Hannibal and American Mary. She's trying to repeat the success of a second novel, and she can't seem to finish it. And she's has visions of her of her imagination and one character played by Hazel Dupe known as the kid comes to life one day and then helps helps her kind of deal with all the traumas that she has and eventually lead her through her journey like a sort of spirit animal and it's uh it's a sort of surreal supernatural drama okay sounds yeah. fascinating and where was it made it was made largely in Dunsany itself because a lot of my my work i i, I work with what i know and the environment is is a major piece of my life, so so it's very very much influenced by the rewilding, and the rest of it was made in Westmead in Mullingar. Right. Yeah. Okay. And where can people get a look at that? You can you can rent it on VOD on YouTube, Google Play, Prime, and Microsoft. Fantastic. Okay, that is the Green Sea made by Randall Plunkett. And if people want to find more about Dunsany, uh, Randall, where will they go? Uh, social media we have an Instagram page that's very popular and a Facebook page that's even less popular <laughs> okay <laughs> um, this summer we've started a series of road trips on the home show so maybe next year when we're doing the same again we might take a trip down to Dunsany and you'd have a be, look at the land you'd be very welcome Randall Plunkett uh, Baron of Dunsany thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning on the home show thank you for having me Still to come on The Home Show, do you want to save some serious money when it comes to renovating your home? Well, Roisin Murphy takes me to the place that designers don't want you to know about. Well, you need to stay tuned as our first ever Home Show Roadshow is up next. All will be revealed after the break, so make sure to join me back here on News Talk in a few. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk. Very welcome back to the Home Show here on News Talk with me, Sinead Ryan. Now, if you're just tuning in, you will have missed my chat with the Baron of Dunsany, Randall Plunkett. He was in talking about his rewilding project, very ambitious it is, uh, and the problems he's been having with some of the locals over his plans for the estate. Now, of course, at the top of the show, I was asking you for your favourite gigs. EP has been cancelled again this year. Uh, I was talking about Queen being my absolute favourite live gig I've ever had. So do get those suggestions into us here on 53106 that'll cost you 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com Now one of the biggest surface areas in the home is often the one that gets very little attention when it comes to design I am of course talking about ceilings they're rarely given much thought besides what shade of white to paint them 
So we decided to inject some feeling into the ceiling with my next guest, Gary Cohn, Design Director at Cohn Design. Morning, Gary. Welcome along to The Home Show. Hi, how are you? Hello, Sinead. Good. Now, I have to say, before even meeting you, I was looking through some of your designs and the work that you've done, the projects, and I've already decided to incorporate (laughs) at least one into my own home. Why do people give so little thought to the ceiling? I mean, there's no way we would ignore our floor, for instance. Absolutely. Yes. Why do they? Because it becomes an afterthought. Uh, You deal with eye level. So when you're working in a room, everything is eye level. Okay. And then what do you do? With gravity, you drop something. Then it's the floor. (laughs) And you rarely are looking up in a room. Okay. Unless it's a church or a monumental building. Mm. So the the ceiling is usually forgotten. It's usually forgotten. The surface area is enormous. You could see from one end of the room to the other part of the house. And it's, it's forgotten. Okay, so let's talk about what people could do now if that's something that they're, that they're thinking of. Because painting, okay, painting it a, a colour other than white would seem to be the obvious place to start. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't just stop there. Yes. Uh, talk to me about what we should be looking for if we are thinking of painting our ceiling. Great. So let's just use your um, outfit. When you pick an outfit in the morning, you're not just picking, I'll just use you. You're not picking a dress. You're thinking of your shoes. You're thinking of, if it's a winter, your coat, your hat. It's the whole ensemble. Right now, all we're thinking about is the dress. Okay? And so when you're going to paint a ceiling, you have to put the different pieces into place to say, oh, this will complement the walls. Hence, this will complement my dress. This will complement that. So whether you want a dark ceiling, a light ceiling, or a shade, or have some of the ceiling come down onto the wall, the color, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like it's your choice. Everything is possible if you put it together in the, you know, the, the scheme of the concept that you're trying to go for. Now, this idea of bringing down the ceiling, I, I'm fascinated by that. I thought mm-hmm. it was absolutely so clever. Now, do you have to be really careful about it in a regular sized house? I mean, it's grand in a great big, you know, stately home. It, mm-hmm. it would work because you, you have all this space and, and volume. But in a regular house, just tell me the mechanics of how, how yeah, you would go Wonderful, about wonderful. Great question. So in a, when you're in a, let's use a Georgian, for example. Their ceilings are extremely high. So you are able to play with your ceiling a little bit more, lower, uh, bring it down. So what I'm saying for people that don't understand is if I take the ceiling color and I come down about 300 onto the wall, okay? 300 millimeters. 300 yeah. millimeters, okay? So that's what uh, you're talking about. Mm. So... What that does also is it brings your eye level of your ceiling lower. So you feel like your ceiling is brought lower. That's not a bad thing all the time. Yeah, because that would worry some people. They think it's not high enough as it is. Yes, 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 yes. But sometimes you need a room to be cozy and to hug you. Okay? And people, you have to look at that. I made rooms cozy, visually bringing the ceiling down. You walk into the room and your shoulders drop, and you're like, oh, oh. I just so want to... So it's enveloping you, really. Enveloping in you. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So And it, you combine that then with, with quite dramatic colours in some cases that absolutely. I see. Absolutely. Uh, you're not afraid of, of navy or black or no, dark No, no, my clients are, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you persuade them? Because it, do you have to be super careful then with everything else that's in the room if you're going to paint the ceiling a dark colour? No, well, it's actually very easy, Sinead. It's, it's all, I got to be honest, you nailed it right on the head. It's psychology. I have to convince people that they'll be okay, okay? And so usually I just say, let's just try one room. Oh, my biggest uh, answer to all, all that is, it's paint. If you don't like it, yes. you could paint yes. it another yes. color. Of course. 
And then once they give in to that, they just go, and they like what they're doing, like, oh, why didn't I uh, do it? Oh, okay. I also get the phone call. Oh, I'm so sorry, Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were right. Imagine that. You were right. You oh, know but, what you're but talking about. Let me answer about. your question. Is um, to enveloping. What it is is once you pick, that's a background color. So okay. when you get the background color, everything is a foreground. So it, it's like being in outer space. So everything is a void. Mm. And when you bring the, something in front of you, it becomes the accent. The spaceship is right in front of you. You can't see planets all the way in the back because it's black. So everything becomes an accent, which is good because you can have this beautiful sofa just like when you arrive. You can have the cushions, the rug. You could have um, the ottoman, everything. Mm. Also, you can hide the TV because the TV is black and it disappears so you don't get this big black rectangle okay, on the wall. Yes, You've done glow-in-the-dark. You've put yeah. wallpaper on <laughs> yes, ceilings. Yes. Are you mad? <laughs> How does that work? I've been talking to my family. <laughs> well, I can imagine the glow-in-the-dark sounds fab for a kid's room, you know. Yes. But wallpaper? You've gone over Michelangelo? <laughs> frescoes? No, but let's look at it for in perspective because we everyone goes to back to those bad experiences, okay? Again, put it in context. Like this one room that I did with the glow in the dark, it was a ch child's room. Mm. And basically, I painted it this really um, beautiful blue, but on the dark side. So the, the, when you turned off the lights, the stars came out. Okay? So it was really nice. When it came to wallpaper, it's a concept. You have to be very clear in your concept. So one was, I wanted to feel like there was this big bouquet of flowers, but it's about scale. I wanted them big. Okay? okay? If you go too little, it's sort of like a print, and it just looks like a bit of scrubbly stuff on the ceiling. So it's about scale as well. What's the maddest thing you've ever done? I'm using that term advisedly yes, because yes. you probably wouldn't think it was mad at all. Yes, yes. I think the maddest thing I've ever done is actually right down the street from here. Oh. It's the Style Club, okay. which is this hair salon, okay? And I used every crayon in the crayon box. I used every powder. But if you look, you don't feel like it's like a dog's dinner because it's about scale, proportion, and this, and it's about um, mix and matching. And when you put that together, you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how it works. It works. Now, a lot of people listen to the home show while they're lying in bed, sipping a cup of coffee. <laughs> they are probably looking at their ceiling as we speak uh, and wondering, what the hell am I going to do with this? So where can they find out more about you, Gary? Well, they, uh, they can come to my website, which is uh, cone, C-O-H-N, design.com. You'll see there, and you'll see some images on there. Also, you find me on Instagram. I am always putting that up there, and that is cone, C-O-H-N, underscore design. And I'm constantly putting little fun videos of how I'm doing things. Okay. Well, they are fun. And actually, folks, go and have a look at some of those designs because my words uh, don't really do them justice. Gary Cohn of Cohn Design, thank you so thank much you, for Sinead. joining thank us you. on The Home Show today. Bye-bye. Now, still to come on The Home Show, do you want to save some serious money when it comes to renovating your home? Well, you need to stay tuned as our first ever Home Show Roadshow is up next. Roshi Murphy will be taking me to the place that the designers don't want you to know about. All will be revealed after the break, so make sure to join me back on The Home Show here on News Talk in a few. Welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. If you'd like to get in touch with us today, you can text us on 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. If you're just tuning in, I was speaking with the Baron of Dunsany, Randall Plunkett, earlier in the show about his rewilding project. And the Ceiling King designer Gary Cohn was giving us some serious inspo for our ceilings.
But now, over the month of August, the Home Show will be taken to the streets and bringing you some serious design inspo. First up is our very own resident design expert, Roisin Murphy, who promised me she'd save me hundreds of euros when it comes to designing and renovating my home, but only if I was prepared to get my hands dirty. So take a listen to what happened when she took me design diving in one of Dublin's best-kept secrets. Well, here we are in Max Salvage, and I must say this is my first time ever in anything remotely <laughs> that can be called a salvage yard. I, I've never done this before. Never. I like shiny new shops with price tags. <laughs> <laughs> so I am really interested to know what we have ahead of us. Now, you've had a sneak preview. What's Okay, here? I've had a sneak preview, and I have to say, this is not my first rodeo well, in Max Salvage. Imagine my surprise. Um, I use it all the time. I did my brother's house from here and it is really, really good if you're on a budget. Okay. Okay. It's now become trendy and very environmental. So places like this are really on the design zeitgeist. What can we expect to see today? Anything and everything. There are things for the roof. There are things from the war, believe it or not. Things from army barracks for your flooring and for your garden. There are places that have been plundered from churches, schools to old barracks. You'll find it here. Right. Well, let's get started. Okay. Take cover, it's the war. Now, what are we looking <laughs> at? These are enormous, heavy doors. Yes. And they're telling me to keep at least one foot away. Yes. Why? <laughs> one foot. They are from Griffith Barracks. These are actually um, doors on their bomb room. So they were taken off, obviously, when the bombs were taken away. Wow. Uh, but you'll see the big sliding doors, the big metal rollers. But they now, if you want something in your garden or if you're in, you can see the height of them. Say if you do a modern extension and you want a bit of texture, that on the wall. I'm sorry, sliding door, fantastic. Well, definitely, it, it's good social distancing, if nothing else at the moment. <laughs> but there, you can see the whole lettering and stuff. There's some, the texture of those now is fabulous. And years ago, when we all used to go out, that's the kind of thing you would put in a nightclub years ago. You yeah. would have gone here and bought that kind of salvage, but that would look amazing in a garage in your house. Okay, well look, we're going to take a picture of that. That is definitely one for my yeah. Twitter feed. I've never seen anything like them before. Yeah, I think that they, I, I find them very interesting because that's almost impossible to get anywhere else. Mm. That's say, only in a salvage yard. And actually what it does show me is that this is completely authentic. You, you yeah. wouldn't build something like that. No, <laughs> and it would look really tacky if you did. You'd look really strange. Yeah. You'd be the odd neighbor who they built a bomb door. <laughs> If you have got an old house, or even if you don't have an old house, but you like old bells, old doors, old handles, and they're very hard to oh find. Indeed. Yeah, this so is the place to go. So door knockers and yeah, it's in here. Bells knobs, knockers. and yeah. uh, you know those uh, metal uh, kind of signs you get yeah. for pubs, all in here. Yeah, lots all here. You'll more. see. Oh my goodness, Guinness two cans. Guinness two cans. Right. If yeah. we can't go to the pub, I'm sure that that must be so A popular. Pub bell, I'd A say. Bell. It drives them mad. Yes. Here's another one. I love that. I, I'm sorry. This is why I shouldn't be allowed into a place like this. <laughs> but look at the old, like, this is great for letter boxes. If you're trying, if you have your door and you need to put old iron mongery on, it's really, really good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And all the, there's little beehive uh, handles. Now, I find these all the time in skips on doors. They're in old mahogany These are turned. doorknobs. They're yeah, beautiful, they're actually. Knobs. They're lovely. There's lots and lots yes. and lots of them. Yeah. And you can okay. see that, like, one of those knobs is 45 euros. 
Wow. So often you'll find a door and a skip in Dublin and it's 100 euros just gone out in door handles. I often think about that. They're crazy. Oh my God, Sinead. Sorry, I think I've just found my kitchen floor. Oh my God, these are gorgeous. Now, actually, these are fabulous. They look like limestone. They are limestone. This is actually what I'm looking for, which I was nearly trying to import from France. These are salvaged limestone flooring, oh, about motion. a meter square. They're enormous. That's, they're enormous, but they're actually... Um, Could you cut those down then and use them in a conventional kitchen floor say or uh, bathroom you can use them in anything but the thing about limestone now you'll see it's porous oh, but it's they're actually in really beautiful. good condition this is the kind of thing okay. i love because okay. you know it's there's something sad about quarrying out but if you're going to save something from the skip they're beautiful and you can seal those and yeah they'll work perfectly yeah you well seal them you just put a, a seal oh my god right okay that's one job done from coming here hope you brought the car <laughs> i did it's a mini micro <laughs> might be a little pre might be a little bit of pressure with the flagstones 23 square meters i might have to get them delivered how much would they be roshi now if you were buying those ordering them new thousands really yeah yeah you're saving thousands you're saving thousands coming here now the difficulty again is you're not buying them through a supplier so you have to find the fitter there's work involved in using salvage but i have to say now i've done houses from salvage yard when when, we, when i'm very young in a land far far away from here <laughs> in shakur i would have done my brother's house from still we would have got a window here um used it as you know in his new extension then we got an old restaurant kitchen you know the big stainless mm. steel you'll see them as we go into the warehouse there's so a little bit of thought around it yeah. and then you find and the tradespeople to fit around yeah. it or the, or the and building shamelessness as well a bit of courage it does require <laughs> courage because you're kind of going it's like when you bring the tat in and somebody goes we're using that you know yeah. but you have to have courage paul thomas manager of max warehouse you're very welcome along to the show tell me a little bit about max warehouse it's a family-run business down through generations. I'm the manager of the warehouse. I've been here for 27 years and we've seen a lot of people in, in the, out through the doors. We have interior designers coming in to the Joe public. Anybody that's interested in having a rummage. Do people come in here looking for something specific or just to have a look around? The problem is when people come in here, they come in for something specific and they end up leaving with something totally different for what they come in with. <laughs> I can I, I can imagine that because that's exactly what happened to Roisin and I when we were going around here. Uh, now, tell me about what are the most popular things people come in here. I've had a look around and I've seen a lot of flooring, a lot of planks, um, a huge amount of roofing and stone materials. There's not one specific thing in here that people would be coming in for. Basically, my main seller at the moment would be old cast iron fireplaces, um, some Honduras pitch pine flooring, oak beams, mantelpieces, window sills, garden features. Now, would a lot of these have come from skips or from rummaging out old houses or, or executor sales, maybe? I tell you what, it's a, at the moment, we do an awful lot of importing of furniture and we go to France for a lot of furniture and so on. But a lot of the time as well, builders could ring us up when they're demolishing a building and we could buy the, the bricks, the window sills, the flooring, etc. You know. Now tell me about some of the other items that you have for sale here at the moment, Paul. Uh, a couple of months ago, I sold a mortuary slab for a table for a lady's kitchen. Excuse which, me? A mortuary slab. A real one? 100%. And she wanted for a kitchen. She's going to put it in her kitchen. Hey, you've got uh, quite a few pulpits here, which have, I suppose, uh, just like the pews, yes. have come from old churches. 
Well, a lot of people would say I would say mass, you know. So that's where all these pulpits come from. Me Think too, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it came from a church in Warford, here, and I bought it actually off a salvage dealer. But um, my idea for that would be, and if you look right now there, would be a DJ box. Ah, fantastic. I never thought of that. That would you be know, an absolutely DJ super box. use it's, for it. It's okay. a serious piece. Okay. What would you say to people? What advice would you give them before they well, make purchase? Well, basically, when you come in, I'd ask a lot of people to take some photographs and bring a measure and bring a home and make sure it fits the area. Because with, with, with this business, you'd be taking stuff in and out every day. So I don't mind returns, but I can't have it done every second of the day because it's getting a pack of the place, it's putting her upstairs, it's getting forklifts out. It's not like a, a bottle of milk you take off the shelf, you know? Now, I know, Paul, a lot of the items in here look very reasonably priced, but if somebody's a little bit tight on the funds, can they, can they haggle a little bit? Listen, there's always room for bargaining. You know, the price doesn't mean that's going to be the price there is always movement yes 100 percent. so paul if somebody does now uh after this show want to come in and have a look around and a little noodle around how can they get in touch with you uh, and what's the website okay firstly the website is called max warehouse it's m-a-c-s warehouse.ie and they're very welcome to go on that or ring me directly my name is paul and they're welcome in any time i have a nice big showroom here the address is 749 South Circular Road, Island Bridge. I'm looking here at hundreds of basins, yeah. sinks, toilets. Yeah. Does anybody want a salvaged toilet? I've done it. I've got close, no. again, the architects on close couple toilets Why? there. Why? Uh, because you sometimes you find a quirky architect's reject thing. Hundreds of bums on them. No, you'll get, you might get a brand new one that hasn't met. We got a, I got close couple toilets. You know what a close couple toilet no. is? I didn't know until I found them. They're ideal for small spaces where the, um, the, the, the pan at the back is very tight. So, so instead of, say, three quarters of a meter, it's okay. a half a meter deep. So you find, but have a look. Will we? Oh, okay. yeah, be courageous. I know. <laughs> oh, actually, there's a lovely Belfast sink yeah. there. Okay, that yeah. I can understand because people are mad about those things. Yeah, there's the look. Right. There you go. There's a pan for the bed. A and bed a pan. Yeah, just old toilet. I need it. Is that an old urinal? I'm not convinced. I'm not it's sure a bit what that too is. old. I don't even want to go near it. I'm don't sorry. you? Don't you can step right. away. Look at the old pillars and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sinead is literally. Okay, I think we go to the nice stuff. We go again. through there to pitch pine. Run, run, Sinead. Oh my God. Sorry. Stop everything, the bench. Oh, I thought this was another piece of rubbish. No, <laughs> that is the bench. Don't sit in it. I am sitting on it. Okay. Oh, it's this, lovely. This, folks, is sit. not lovely. No, she's not sitting on it. This she's is not lovely. <laughs> having a bar of it. I get a sore bum sitting on that. I'll tell you why. Because it's only about six inches wide. Uh, it's a plank on, on two legs, and I'm not going near it. It looks like an old French farmhouse bench. It's very nice for your rusty kitchen, your French interior. I love this because it, it's it actually, it's probably modern, but I love I loved the whole uh, aesthetic of that. But I think actually it's not original because for 40 quid it's too valuable. But I do like the thing that you're right behind, which is the desk. Look at that desk. This is lovely now. Yeah. This is uh, 150 euros, which actually looks very good to me because it's got it's got a pull-out leaf. I'm not talking about oh, that one. Gee, there's I'm a spider. <laughs> right, okay, right. Sinead is gone. Go Sinead is gone. No, no, no. Look, this one I'm talking about. Metal one. Right. An a desk. desk. No, okay. you know, office desks are like hen's teeth at the moment with the COVID. Are they? Yeah, they are. 50, 
50 No, I have loads of fireplaces. Paul. He's robbing the customers, Paul. So do you literally come up here and then dump that stuff out? Lovely gentleman there. You see, this is, the, this is why it's so good. This is why this place is so good for the environment in a way. You put it in the back of the car and you can set it on. Instead of going into a, a skip. Nothing goes to land. Yeah. So we're keeping the environment good. Does your wife uh, clap her hands when she sees well, you she filling it up? Yeah, she did. Yeah. 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 And would you not put that in your own gaff? I had it in the garden, but that's old. She got rid of that, and I'm at the repave and the plastic yeah. walls and <laughs> new name. Excuse the language. That's How do you get your wife's bleeding attention? Look comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Heading upstairs, uh, Roisin, in this salvage yard. Oh my goodness, there's another um, uh, world wonder up here. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> more pews. This well, poor church. Oh my God, look at the wardrobes. Whoa, sorry. Now, they actually, are gorgeous. They are. These are hard to get. These freestanding Ooh. solid mahogany wardrobes. Oh now, Roisin, look at these. Okay, these are 400 euros. Yeah. Would you have to do a single thing to Nothing. Push? Move it. This is so beautiful. I don't mean you move it. You just have to move the piece of furniture. <laughs> now, okay, oh. so open. Oh, look oh. at this. With all the Sorry. Inside. Oh, how stunning is that? And and these, um, there's little hooks inside with, with oh, uh, brass. Yeah. Sorry, and China. This is very open. old. This is like something that from I, I would I'm, I'm guessing yeah. the 1920s. Well, it's French polish. Polish. Okay. These are the kind of things that were emptied oh. out of Irish houses. Yes. And this is classic warehouse. But you, actually, the building this is beautiful. It is beautiful. And usually those old wardrobes <laughs> are annoyingly narrow. But that one's no, nice and deep. Full double yeah. size, and there's plenty of room. Yeah. Brooms. I now see. For me now, I love that even in a downstairs in a kitchen where you have oh like a pantry sort of <laughs> like I love if you know if, if you haven't got the bedroom for it Sinead is broken this I don't oh, like sorry. to tell anybody let's run Sinead Scarper grab the taxi and go now another enormous piece here which can only have come from a house far far bigger than mine and yeah. yours this is again where I say to you this is where you go okay you know what this is we designed the room around piece of furniture yes, now yes. that's only that's my particular so you're session. selecting this as your, Look at your talking point your focal point well and then work the well if you think about it. this with a kitchen with a very crisp modern kitchen you have this with all your larder stuff in it mm. and then plates and stuff down below cutlery in here i'm telling you i would you just need to that's now, why tall floor to ceiling heights are important i have a particular affection for stained glass and i know it's not yeah. for everybody but i love it there's some random mm. pieces of stained glass here which clearly came out and they were bespoke and fitted for a space mm. but how hard would it be maybe to fit that into a frame for the garden or hard door hard you just need a good carpenter not difficult but you need a patient and carpenter who'd appreciate it because at the moment it's very difficult to get somebody but the, i also have to say do you know where they're really beautiful is if they're just if you have a window and you just hang it in front I of a love window these. we had bianca yeah. debito on the show yeah. um a couple of months ago and if anybody wants to listen back to the podcast she's a stained glass artist she was fantastic and that's exactly what she was saying yeah so you could polish these up and then hang them in yeah, front of a window yes. or from a tree i have one and I would never put it in a frame because in some way you kill it. You make it into ah, kind of see, dead of art. But they're beautiful with light going through it. Now, oh my goodness. Okay, we've entered a wall of pine. Ireland had warehouses everywhere. We'd pitch pine beans, which are, now they would be a slow growing 
pine you can't do it anymore because of environmental change so they're very the movement in them is very good like you know pine usually moves an awful lot but a pitch pine that's been in a warehouse for hundreds of years it's won't out it's dried out okay. and it comes in great lengths and this is what it's turned into ah. they turn them into flooring so this is floor this yeah. is just like you'd find in any flooring warehouse it's all cut Except it's trimmed it's sized it's dried it's salvage it's hundreds of years old is and it it's really much it more look it. it's <laughs> It's not great, <laughs> but it, it's great for repairing old floors. But that that kind of wood is very hard to get. So I, I for me now, it was a, a toss up between uh, salvage limestone or a salvage parquet. Now, if you're right. really, really keep your eye on the ball in a place like this, what you're looking for at the moment, which is really trendy, is the salvage parquet floor right that's a bit fiddly now to be no it's just very hard to get they're okay. gone they almost don't hit the website it's so fashionable. they'll have a list of people that want to buy it okay. but you're talking about if you want to import a salvage french floor because i've investigated this like i did with that bed you're talking about i'd say 300 euros a square meter wow yes so there wow. is there is you're saving so you'll get big it a lot here. less here and that's then. before it's actually sorry it's before it's uh, laid but that's an Irish, a piece of Irish history, a legacy piece Wonderful. as well. Wonderful. And these are, they are very substantial. They look as if they yeah. could come off a ship. Last orders, please. We've come to quite a quirky part of the warehouse. Yeah. I'm looking here at a stone Mayan head, a wooden horse's head, yeah. sitting on a trailer. Uh, there's a water <laughs> feature with birds and there's two ceramic giant pigs. This is correct. And I, I have to say the pigs got my attention when I came in, but I particularly like his wagon. In fairness, like, where do these wagons go? You know, it's a it's a lovely piece of history that he's it's kept like there as well. Out a little yeah, fairies, it is. Isn't it? But the pigs, in fairness, I'd love one of these for my garden. I just think they're so cool. But I'm they're, right. There, there are taste differs, and not for the first time. But these would frighten the. <laughs> the life only out thing of me. about this is, I would, I think, I'd spray them pink. I'm not sure about the colour. They're not vibrant <laughs> enough or a luminous green, but I do like the flamingos as well. I have to say I'm very fond okay. of the flamingos. So this is all uh, uh, stuff for the garden. And yeah. uh, look, you can get anything from beautiful Greek statue yeah. uh, to a Buddhist head to a suit of armour. Where are we going to put that? Um, I don't know, but, but I actually, they go in great in hotels. They're fabulous. Oh, and you'll see. see there's a beautiful door down the end there as well, which is the end of the garden. You know why I'm always talking about a focus or a mysterious yeah. door? That reminds me of the Japanese gardens oh. in Kildare, where at the very end of the walk through the Japanese gardens, there was a beautiful door. As a child, I remember thinking, where does it go? I used to go to Paradise, which is actually just the other side of Kildare. But that, at the end of your garden, I Would think, be fascinating. Stunning. It's 1,800 euros, though, so not today, wow. but I do love that, yeah. It's, it looks like something out of Alibaba. Well, I think <laughs> that for me, I love things like that in the garden. I love the idea that you see in your, you're, it's, you know, you something to focus on, even in the middle of winter when the plants are down a bit. I love it, but I can't afford it. So, Roisin, if somebody's a like first-timer like me and they've never been to a salvage yard, what are Roisin's rules about getting started? Uh, the salvage yard is visit. Don't, go, don't rely on the website. Call ahead to see if there's flooring in. Things go out very quickly. So you need to be on a list. You need If you're looking for flooring, you tell them you're looking for flooring. So always plan your visit to a salvage yard. It's not like a shop where you're going to be able to go and buy what you want. Mm. So know what you want in your head. Um, and then I suppose the end, use an awful lot of your imagination. Don't be don't be put off by a bit of dirt and be careful it is actually original. Always look, always talk to them about the, where the piece came from because you'll often find an awful lot of reproduction here as well. So you need to know what you're looking for. You need to, if you're looking for steel windows, you need to look for the mark for the crystal. 
if you're looking for proper proper building salvage you need to know what you're looking for. you need to, to know your materials okay all good advice Roisin thank you for accompanying me here today I must say I've had a really really fascinating time I thank you thank you for your bravery Sinead I'll be seeing you here again I'm sure you'll be there going when are we next going to the salvage yard Roisin I'll be going I can't go I've gone three times this month with you Sinead so we're going on a summer holiday to make our dreams come true for me Well, I'm converted to the wonders of salvage jars after that, even with the spiders. My thanks to Paul and the team at Max Warehouse in Dublin for putting up with myself and Roisin on our day trip. Now, next week, I'll be going behind one of the country's most amazing buildings. And I'm guessing you haven't been in it since you were in primary school. You won't want to miss that. And that's all we have time for today. Remember, if you'd like to get involved in the show, you can text us on 53106, email us at com, and don't forget to check out the Home Show podcast on the News Talk website. Thank you to the production team today, Gareth Mulhall, JJ Clark and Stephen McLoon, who is on sound. Bobby Kerr is up next. He'll be taking a sneak peek behind the billboards of Ireland's advertisement agencies to see how business has been during lockdown. Have a great weekend. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk.